welcome back once again for, uh, for, for the final installment of this first series, The Study of Adversity with Pastor Dave Rogers. Um, real quick, as we, as we begin this last wrap-up episode of this study, um, give us just a brief rundown of where we've been. As we've been studying this uh, subject of adversity, uh, just to, to review where we've been, 2020 has just been uh, off the chart as far as uh, bringing adversity into our life. And, and I just felt that it would be something for us to, uh, to benefit from by looking at adversity and asking ourselves the question, what is God's reason for allowing us to experience mm. adversity? Yeah. Uh, I don't want this year to just be a waste of time or a wash, uh, but uh, a time for growth. And so we've We've explored uh, adversity as being God's way of getting our attention, uh, adversity as being uh, an assurance of his love as well as uh, being a call uh, to, uh, to self-examination. And uh, today, as, as we open it up, we're going to be dealing with perhaps the most difficult aspect of it. Of, the the of last all. two weren't easy. <laughs> well, the last two have been challenged, but that's, you know, that's where the, the rubber hits the road mm. for us. And uh, adversity can be uh, the means that God uses to conquer our pride. Uh, and, uh, wow. Is that, is that alone? I mean... We're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is going to be a tough one. But buckle your seatbelts, everyone. I I had uh, someone tell me one time that uh, when they came to church, they uh, they wanted me to step on their toes. And, uh, you know, I always believe that the, the gospel is good news and that uh, I want to share things that are uplifting and, and build you up. But as I shared earlier, discipline, even though it doesn't seem pleasant at the moment, does result in the the building up. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when we confront pride, uh, we're going to be dealing with uh, some some toe tapping, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If for no one else, for me. Right. So, uh, you know. I was thinking of something I heard this years ago, and uh, uh, it was a speaker, and and the speaker said, God's grace is free. And and we know that that's Mm -hmm. true. God's grace is free. But there is one essential requirement to receive it, and that's humility. Mm. Now, as we begin to uh, look at this issue of pride, I would like for us to... uh, examine the word humility and also the word humble, uh, because uh, they're the antithesis of, of, of pride. And so let's look at it. Humility is the quality or condition of being humble, a lack of pride hmm. or modesty. Humble is having or showing feeling of humility rather than of pride, aware of one's shortcomings, being modest, being meek, or showing deferential respect. Hmm. And so as we are growing in our faith in the Lord, as we are growing through adversity, uh, we need to leave our pride at the door (laughs) uh, because 
adversity will strip us of our pride and and mm-hmm. in fact pride will will hinder us from being all that we can be you know the scripture says quite simply god resists the proud and gives grace to the humble yeah and so uh, what i would like to do today is we're going to look at some scriptures that that address the issue of humility uh, we're going to look at uh uh, biblical examples of pride, and we have some wonderful examples of of uh, pride in the Scripture, and, and we're going to see the the consequence of their pride. Some wonderful examples. Uh, uh, we we have uh, some examples of spiritual pride, not only uh, just you know plain old pride, but spiritual mm. pride is 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 uglier than mm. than uh, the normal everyday walking around pride and then the effect of pride and uh, we're going to close it out with the effects of humility mm. and so uh let's let's just start unpacking this by looking at some of the scriptures and I'm not going to read all of the scriptures that I pulled up that deal with pride but uh we're going to uh just walk through a few of them here the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth, and this was in relationship to receiving the Lord's Supper. Uh, they were just coming together, and, and they were not having consideration for one another, and they were forming their little groups, and they were eating, and some had an abundance, and some had none, and and uh, nothing was done in, in making it a sacred occasion or the love feast that it was called to be. And so he says in in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, verses 28 through 30, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread or drink from the cup. Those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. Pride needs to be confronted, especially when we are receiving the Eucharist or mm. receiving uh, communion, Holy Communion. Uh, it shouldn't be done lightly. Uh, the tradition of our church, of course, is to take it the first of each month, and it, it can become a a, uh, a routine or a ritual that... Um, we just do because that's what we do. But we are called to confront our pride. We are called to self-examination when we come to take of the cup. And uh, you may uh, be tempted to think, well, I know that so-and-so sitting on <laughs> that aisle over there has some real issues in their life they need to deal with. Uh, but this is a time for self-examination. <laughs> Uh, and uh, God is faithful to reveal to us uh, what we we need to confront mm. in our heart and in our life. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Again, the call to humility 
pride has no place there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we come together in the, the body of Christ, pride should be checked at the door. It should be left at the altar more, <laughs> right. more specifically, but uh, we need to get rid of it. Uh, there, there are so many scriptures. You know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verse 11, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Mm. In other words, if we lift ourselves up, <laughs> the, We're fall, get down. <laughs> the fall is going to be yeah. great. But if we position ourselves in humility, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about this phony, baloney, false humility. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> you know, oh, I've never, well, thank you so much. That, that's so generous of you to say. And in the back of our mind, we're thinking it's about that's time. Right. They recognize that's exactly it. right. Oh, you preach it, I'll turn the pages, brother. <laughs> that's not what Jesus is talking about nope. here. And so, when we position ourselves in humility, we have positioned ourselves where the Lord can lift us up. Uh, again, I, I referenced this earlier. It's taken from James chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. But he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but, goes sh- or, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There are many other scriptures, and I'll not take the time today to read them, uh, but uh, I would encourage you, just get yourself a good good concordance. Uh, a lot of your study Bibles will have a concordance in the back, and, and uh, research the word humility, humble, and pride, mm. and take special note of those verses. When I think of pride, I, I can't help but think of a number of, of biblical examples of pride. Uh, one of the first uh, examples of, of spiritual pride that, that we see or that stood out to me, obviously the first one that you would see would be Abel, who was proud of, or excuse me, Cain, who mm. was proud of the offering he brought to the Lord. Even though it was incorrect. Even though it was incorrect. Uh, it was the fruit of his labor. Mm. Uh, and uh, he resented the fact that uh, uh, his brother Abel's offering was pleasing to the Lord. And, and as the result, out of his pride, he committed the first uh, infant, or er, the first uh, uh, situation of fratricide. Uh, or killed his brother. Uh, but when I think of pride, one of the prime examples in the Old Testament, and there are many, uh, <laughs> is Pharaoh. Mm. You know, God sent Moses into Pharaoh with the simple request, let my people go. And, and Pharaoh said this in its Exodus chapter 5, verse 2, who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. What arrogance. <laughs> Who is the Lord? Right. Who is this God? Yeah. I am God. Mm-hmm. And you're asking me to uh, submit myself to another deity? Absolutely not. But was that not the the general understanding of 
royalty throughout history, that they were above human, basically. They were God at some level. In Egyptian uh, royalty, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Even in some of the others, uh, you you look uh, some of the other... Some of the Caesars uh, nations certainly and, had and their Caesar thought God-like. themselves to be God mm-hmm. or godlike, absolutely, uh, but not in every culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were there those that uh, were godlike uh, in their own minds, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, I love this example of spiritual pride, uh, and uh, even though he's <laughs> he's just uh, briefly. Mentioned in scripture, right. I, I just love the whole story of Naaman, <laughs> yes. uh, the uh, great uh, Assyrian general, uh, and uh, he came down with leprosy, and one of his wife's servants happened to be an Israelite girl who uh, had had been carried into captivity, and she said, "There's a prophet <laughs> in in Israel who can help you." With this leprosy. And so Naaman went to Israel, went to the king of Israel, and said, Okay, I'm here to get healed. And and the king was was scared. You know, <laughs> here is here is this mighty man of war standing mm-hmm. before him and saying, Okay, I've been told if I would come here, there's someone that, that could uh, make me well. And uh and so he sent him to the prophet Elisha. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 11, uh, we find that, or in, in chapter 5, we find that Naaman went down to where Elisha was and uh, uh, knocked on the door. And, I, I love this too. And total disregard for the position he had, any kind of authority. Nah, not going to bother. Yeah, yeah. He sends his servant right. person out and says, uh, you tell him that he needs to go dip in the Jordan River right. seven times. <laughs> you know, Elisha himself didn't go to the right. door, but he dispatched one of his servants. And here's Naaman's response. Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of leprosy. Because <laughs> he didn't want to do anything. No. And he he didn't says, want to work. Aren't the rivers in, in Assyria, or the rivers in Syria, aren't they just as good as the Jordan River? And he wasn't going to do it. In fact, he was so ticked off, he was going to go home with leprosy and suffer the consequence. And his servant said, you know, listen, (laughs) what do you have to lose? Right. You know? And so he went and he dipped. Mm. And on the seventh time, he came up clean. But man, his pride almost got in his way. And I love that scripture because it's certainly an example of that. Uh, Another example of pride uh, in the book of Esther, Haman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Haman uh, had cultivated the the favor of the king mm-hmm. and uh, had risen in the ranks. But Mordecai, uh, who was the uncle of Esther, who was the queen, uh, refused to bow down to Haman. 
and it just burnt Haman up, you know, <laughs> and and it says in Esther 3, 5, when Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. I mean, it <laughs> How just, dare he? <laughs> it just burnt him up from the inside out. Read the, the book of Esther. The story <laughs> of Mordecai is a tragic story mm-hmm. of the effect of pride yeah. on one's life. Well, there are other examples there that, that are noteworthy. I wish I had time to develop them, but uh, for the sake of brevity, I'm going to move on because I've got a lot of scriptures <laughs> I want to cover today. When we look at examples of spiritual pride, mm. uh one of the first examples that I come across in Scripture is Job. Now, Job suffered enormously, uh, and it was not the result of anything that Job did. Satan came before God, and God said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? And and Satan said to God, Well, the only reason Job has prospered and is is so uh, such a, a wonderful servant for you is because you protect him. You take your hand off of Job and let me at him, and I can guarantee you that he's not going to be as saintly as you're making him out to be. <laughs> and as a result, God allowed Satan permission to touch Job. He lost his herds. He lost his servants. He lost... His children, 10 children, died. He lost his health. He lost everything. He had some friends, three friends that came. Actually, there were four who came. Friends in quotes, correct? Friends in quotes, (laughs) and, and they came to comfort him. And three of them just railed on him. You know, it's your fault. You did something wrong. You need to buck up, buddy, and, uh, you know. You know, deal with your stuff. Mm-hmm. And and Job protested, and he, he said, you know, if God would just tell me what I did, you know, I, 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 if I've done wrong, I would, I would deal with it. And, and then finally, uh, as we come down to uh, Eliphaz, his, this is a younger comforter, and he's, he's given the other three opportunity to speak their minds and, and uh, give him uh, preference to the elders. Uh, but now he's listened to them, and he knew that they were off the mark. And, and Job has, has protested, and, and this is what Job said in, in Job 33.9, I am pure. I have done no wrong. I am clean and free from sin. And Elipaz says to him, no, you're not. You are so full of pride. Listen to yourself. I am pure. I have done no wrong. I am clean and free from sin. And he said, Job, you've got some stuff you need to deal Mm -hmm. with here. And revealed it to him. And and of course, Job uh, dealt with it. Um, There are so many others. Uh, I think of the church at Laodicea. Uh, that showed spiritual pride. Revelation chapter 3, verse 17. The church was in danger of 
having the presence of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord removed from it, the, the lampstand mm. removed from it because of their arrogance and their pride. They said, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But the Spirit of the Lord said to them, You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Hmm. So arrogant and so prideful that they didn't see their spiritual need. Yeah. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord confronted them, confronted them with that. <laughs> when I think about pride in your life and in my life, I, I find that there are four things that uh, pride impacts in our life. First off, it prevents reconciliation in relationship. We've all suffered broken relationships. And there have been times that the relationships have been broken and it wasn't the result of anything that you did. It's on the other person mm-hmm. entirely. I mean, they, they are the ones that got crossways with you. They are the ones that said the mean, nasty things, uh, whatever. But pride will prevent the reconciliation in relationship if we allow it to. And we need to be the first to say, I'm sorry. But pride often says, it's their turn to say, I'm sorry and apologize. I'm not going to do it. It's not me this time. I've done it before. Mm. I'm going to dig in my heels here and now. And they're going to have to crawl on their hands and knees and beg me for forgiveness. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's a dangerous posture to take. Yeah, It's not going to work out well. Secondly, pride <laughs> promotes impatience. <laughs> I, I, I could just, I, I want to try to avoid one of my pet peeves here. Orange barrels on the highway and people who think that their time is more important than your time. (laughs) That's pride, folks. (laughs) When you see someone coming up, pressing it to the last minute before they merge Mm -hmm. into the single lane, you recognize that their pride is being worn on their sleeve and uh, it's in their way. Uh, Impatience is really saying that I'm more important. My time is more valuable than your time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or I can do it better or I can do it faster. You know, uh, one of the things in an earlier session I dealt with... uh, the parental relationship, fathers and sons or mothers and daughters or, or, or uh, mothers and sons, fathers and daughters. Um, one of the beautiful opportunities of parenting is teaching them life skills, passing it on. And too often with the pressures that we feel in life, we get impatient with them. 
they want to try to pound a nail or they want to try to to make a meal or 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 whatever and they're making a mess and they're bending the nail and and leaving hammered dents and and we just here give that to me and mm-hmm. let me do it that pride will impair the development of their spirit yeah. of their of their self-confidence and so uh, impatience is pride, and it results in superficial love that is proud. One of the characteristics of love, as we find in 1 Corinthians 13, love is not proud. Mm. We need to make room for love, and pride will push love out of the picture. Love, or excuse me. Pride also promotes self-centeredness. It breeds a lack of concern and compassion. Pride (laughs) breeds a lack of empathy in in a person. Mm. Uh, And we we need to guard against that. Uh, We we see it in our politicians, and and it's an ugly attribute. Uh, We need... We need not to go down that pathway, but we need to have compassion for those around us. We need to have empathy. Jesus says that if we see someone who's hungry and we don't feed them, we have failed in our our work. What have we done? We Mm -hmm. haven't helped them out. If we see someone who's cold and we say, uh, be warmed, be fed, be gone, (laughs) uh, we haven't haven't shown them his love. And so self-centeredness breeds a lack of concern, and that's an un, uh, an unlovely quality uh, in God's people. And uh, a lack of concern is also accompanied by a myriad of excuses. Why didn't we do something? Well, because, mm, because, right. because. And, and that's, that's just, they go hand in hand. Because it's some other reason. It's not it, me. It's not me, yeah. There was another yeah. outside reason. Yeah. yeah. And and those things are coming to bear, and I, they're out of my control. Mm. Uh, pride is in your control. And then finally, pride prevents God's blessing. God will not bless the proud. He will not put his stamp of approval on the one who says, I did it my way. Mm. But let's talk about the effects of humility. The psalmist says in Psalm 138, verse 6. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. God is watching over us. <laughs> he resists us when we walk in arrogance and we're in pride. But as adversity strips that pride away from us, it reveals us. It strips it away. We are being positioned for God's blessing. Again, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted, Luke 14, 11. And so we need to walk in humility. And then the last scripture I'm going to share today is this. It's 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. 
Peter says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders, all of you, whether old or young. Hmm. And, and let me just say that sometimes there's a, a spiritual pride that comes to those who are seasoned, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know. Uh, all of you, Peter says, clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. My prayer today is this, as we conclude this uh, series on, on, on adversity. I pray that the Lord would give us a humble heart, that we may seek him, that he would grant to us, even at our adversity, the full assurance of his presence. May we be comforted by the wonderful truth that he is near. And even when the waves of adversity would seemingly threaten to overwhelm us, and when we fear that we may perish, that we would have the full assurance of his abiding love, of his care, and of his deliverance from every trial. I would just encourage you all to take a few moments to read Psalm 34 and just allow that to to resonate in your spirit in relationship to the things that we have talked about today. I believe that it's just the capstone Mm. that we can add to this study. That's great. Well, Pastor Dave, I appreciate this this uh, <clears throat> word, these words that you've brought. As we go, as we wrap this series up, and we'll as as we go farther, we'll have more series that we're doing. But as we wrap this one up, um, would you just uh, pray over all the listeners that are out there that you know as they've gone through each step of this adversity and how God uses it and the, the, the benefits that can come. Um, would you just pray that we, uh, everyone that hears this, um, would be able to really hold on to the truth that all of the, in all of this, that God loves us and cares about us, uh, even in the midst of trial. I'd be happy to. Wonderful. Let's pray. Father, uh, we know that nothing comes into our life except through your permission. You're allowing it to happen. We know that we are held secure in your embrace and your hand, and we are comforted in that place. But as we walk through the seasons of adversity, and as we learn the lessons of adversity, I pray that we would find more and more the very nature of Christ filling up our heart and in our life, pushing out our self-reliance, pushing out uh, our hard-heartedness that causes us to depend upon ourselves. May we find the full assurance of your love. Lord, 2020 has been a tough year for everybody. 
And I just pray especially that you would minister to those who are just holding on right now, seemingly holding on uh, to their last hope. Lord, I pray that you would deliver them out of the adversity that they are experiencing, that from their place, as they have been brought to this point, brought to their knees by uh, adversity, would you exalt them? Would you prosper them? Would you bless them? Recognizing that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Lord, pour out on them life abundant, full, and free. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dave. I pray that everyone in this would uh, would be able to take some of these truths and, and live with them. Um, and do know that we are here um, at Calvary Church specifically, because uh, that's where we're from. Um, but if you are not a part of Calvary Church, um, feel free to reach out. Uh, you can reach uh, us. Dave, do you have any way that you want to put out there for people to, to they, reach you? They could email me at... Uh d-m-r-g-r-s at gmail.com wonderful um and just know that if if you are hurting or struggling at all um we want to be there and help so thanks a lot uh next week we will start a new study um we look forward to having you along for that ride as well thank you Craig it's been a joy have a wonderful week be well